0: Today we'll continue with the loving-kindness practice, the metta practice, and we'll proceed to include the dear friend. The uh, process goes from oneself to benefactor to dear friend, and so we'll go through that process again, but we'll spend more time with the dear friend today, and gradually throughout the next days I'd like to impart to you, take a few minutes at the beginning of the retreat, to impart to you some of the various aspects of the metta practice. So as we talked about yesterday, this practice really helps the mind and heart to open because in doing this practice of opening the mind and heart to all of life, If we don't have metta, we really can't do it. Uh, The heart stays closed down from aversion, from attachment, or from delusion. And with metta, it helps to soften and open the heart, more conducive to deepening insight and opening the eye of wisdom. It helps us to surrender to the path uh, with more grace. Sometimes, for many of us, I think that we surrender through a lot of difficulty uh, because we just can't do it any other way. But we learn with metta to surrender with more grace to what's happening in our lives. Usually, Love has a connotation of expecting something back. When we uh, do the practice of metta, we expect to get something from it, even in terms of getting a feeling of uh, of being loving, a feeling of softening in the heart or in the body, even. And it has a connotation that there's something that needs to be gratified or returned. But when we do this practice, we must keep reminding ourselves that the practice is just to give love, and the results will come in their own time. It um, It's very interesting to me that For many people, I hear many stories about metta, and the results come at very odd times, very unexpected times, feeling that metta actually arises uh, out of the blue. And it's from this constant ability, capacity of the heart, to keep giving without expecting anything in return, And this is what metta is, really. It's the ability for the heart to give without expecting anything in return. So metta includes with it aspects of generosity, this capacity to give out without any goal, without any agenda. Of course, it's difficult to do this. The near enemy of metta, or loving-kindness, is attachment. And it is called the near enemy because sometimes things that are nearby are difficult to see. And so attachment is very nearby metta because it feels like metta. It seems like it's metta. It's also very pleasant. But as all of us know, attachment can soon turn into fear or soon turn into something that, uh, from pleasant, be very unpleasant, cause a lot of suffering. So it's important to watch for, as we're doing metta, watch for moments of our, in our mind where we feel like it's getting too pleasant and we're maybe the visions or the planning or the sensations in the body or whatever it is when it's getting too pleasant attachment can sometimes be nearby so to watch for that and keep on an even keel with it many times we think that metta has with it this feeling of passionate um, pleasure or whatever but it's not necessarily that we sometimes feel I feel metta most in terms of equanimity. I feel metta most when I don't really need anything from anybody, that it's enough to just give, and that giving brings the happiness. And so just when I'm feeling okay, that's when I'm feeling metta. It doesn't have to be some uh, real serious uh, love affair or, <laughs> or something that I like a lot. In fact, it's far from that. It's just a feeling of being okay with how things are and the happiness that comes, comes from the ability or the capacity of my heart to just be open and to let love out without having any hook on that love, like I'm going to rein it in and get something from it even in that very moment, or the ensuing moments. So, be watchful for the near enemy of metta, which is attachment. It can sometimes feel sticky. You know, uh, the, the mind and heart can sometimes feel like metta is going out like some kind of flypaper, and we need to stick something to it, you know, in order to feel like we're really doing it right. It's nothing like that. You'll see for yourselves, I could talk my head off, but it's nothing like your own one moment of experience is going to let you know what metta is more than all my words. The far enemy is hatred, of course. This is very apparent. Hatred is a feeling of complete closing down of the mind, and not just a closing down of the mind, but where the mind, heart, and body are so in in some kind of tense grip on life, needing to control or needing to strike back, uh, that it really, really hurts. And uh, hatred, or different forms of it, like fear, is the other side of the same coin, the other side being attachment. So sometimes when we feel really attached to something and our agenda isn't coming out as planned, a lot of hatred can come up because we, for, for example, we may fear that we may lose something that we have, or we may fear that we may not get something that we want, all having to do with attachment. So being very careful about when these start to come up. If you start to get really attached to something, you can be sure that the other end of the spectrum of attachment is some kind of fear, hatred, anger, bitterness, So being very careful with those two, being very watchful for hatred or any kind of level of it or attachment that comes up. If you're feeling any one of those two uh, come up in your practice and it's so overwhelming, then stop with the metta practice and start doing vipassana, just seeing clearly what that is and naming it whenever you can, feeling how it manifests in the body or in the mind, emotions, and being with it in that way before coming back to proceed with the metta practice. In terms of these hooks that we sometimes put out with this idea of love, of experiencing love, it's important to remember the power of our intention. Every moment, every time we say a phrase, or every moment that we're doing metta, whether it's in the middle of the phrase, or the end, or the beginning, there's this intention to cultivate loving-kindness in our hearts, which brings with it automatically the power, the capacity of generosity, the capacity of compassion that we have in our hearts. In every time that we remember this, connect with our intention. This intention does not have to do with getting anything. It's simply to cultivate loving kindness in our hearts. It has nothing to do with what's gettable in the world. It just has to do with what we can give, what we can let go of. And so this power of intention is very important because with every time we connect ourselves with this power of intention, we harness those forces within us that bring us to that direction that we want to go into. It's like um, being on a sailboat in the ocean or um, on a lake and you harness the wind and you let that wind take you in the direction that you want to go to. And that direction that we go into is going to bring us on a very beautiful journey. And we may never feel like we actually get to that destination, but because we know the direction we're going into brings more and more uh, expression and experience of unconditional love, it becomes a beautiful journey for us. So have faith in that power of intention every time you just make the intention to go in that direction no matter what. Um, I have a friend, a dear friend who told me recently that she would do the practice and say, I'll love myself no matter what. I'll love myself, I love myself, I care for myself no matter what's happening. You know, just that power of intention that the motivation that's behind it to go in that direction of kindness and love and gentleness with ourselves is so important. So remember your intention, and that intention does not have to be hooked up to a result. The intention itself can be gratifying. The intention itself can bring happiness in our lives. And our lives are made up of kazillions of moments, and the intention can bring up happiness in that one moment, and then another moment, and then another moment, and we never know when those seeds are going to bear fruit. But we can be sure if we put unconditional love into those intentions to make unconditional love, that the fruit of that will be beautiful the fruit of that will be worthy of our effort. So not to worry about results. They'll come and they'll have their... uh, those intentions will bring the right results. I'd like to begin by this beautiful poem by Galway Canal some of you have heard, but it's lovely to hear again. And it's about a bud and a flowering bud, which we all are. And it's important to remind ourselves to recognize the flowering of the Dharma, of the truth, of this beauty in ourselves, because so much of the time in the world, with the stresses we have and the responsibilities we have. We're not reminded of this, of this beautiful flower that we, we are and we're becoming more and more of. And so, really take this to heart, you know, it really take this time to know that we're supporting each other in this flowering. And we have to reteach ourselves to recognize the beauty that we are. Because we, we are that. And the whole of the path is to reteach ourselves this, um, to know the natural luminosity that we already are. So, this is The Bud by Galway Canal. The bud stands for all things, even for those things that don't flower. For everything flowers from within of self-blessing. Though sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on the brow of the flower of ourselves and retell it in words and in touch. It is lovely. I am lovely and you are lovely until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. So let's begin to do a, a little metta, a little flowering of ourselves. Just being comfortable. And take a little time, before we do a little forgiveness practice, to just go through different parts of your body if it feels comfortable and send metta to those parts that you want to send metta to. May I be at ease. May I open my heart. Whatever you feel is appropriate, even if it's hard, Just do the best you can. And then, beginning with a little forgiveness practice, remembering that forgiveness is really just allowing ourselves and others to surrender to the universal great law of change, which accepts that we or others acted in certain ways because we were different in the past, and we all have the capacity to flow with the great law of change. So, accepting that as much as we can, we remember those persons or that one particular person that we may have caused some harm or hurt to intentionally or unintentionally through our thought, word, or deed. And as much as we can We ask for their forgiveness. Please forgive me for hurting you. I'm sorry I caused you any pain. And then if we feel safe, we can remember those beings that may have hurt us some way. And as much as we can, opening our hearts again, As much as I can, I open my heart to you again. As much as I can, I'm willing to begin anew. And then remembering ourselves as well. Forgiveness is a form of metta for ourselves. Forgiving ourselves for all of the times that we may have hurt others. And for the times that we hurt ourselves. Through our judgments, through our self-condemning, through our not feeling good enough. As much as I can, I forgive myself. As much as I can, i accept myself and beginning with ourselves again remembering some good qualities we have simple things. And then beginning to send ourselves some metta Also, may I always be protected. Repeat that or any other way you want to, to yourself. May I always be protected. be happy and peaceful. be healthy and strong. If you need to have more energy and stay awake, imagine yourself healthy and strong. Picture it. May I live my life with ease. May I love myself unconditionally. Remaining with oneself, if you want to, or moving on to the next person who is a benefactor. So choosing someone, having that person as clear as you can, in your mind's eye, your heart center, or with just your intention being very clear and then reflecting on this person's good qualities or a certain incident that brings up love and respect Then sending this person Metta, may you always be protected from all harm. may you be happy and peaceful May your body be healthy and strong. May you live in this world with ease of well-being. Remaining with oneself or the benefactor, if you want, or move on to the dear friend. Choosing someone you know. It's helpful to choose someone that you will not have a lot of attachment come up with. at first. So remembering someone and then take a little time to reflect on their good qualities May you always be protected from all harm May your mind and heart know peace and happiness. May your body be healthy and strong. May you live your life with ease of well-being. In this category of Dear Friend, taking this time to remember our family, or friends, as a group. May all of our relations, wherever they may be, near or far, may they always be protected from all harm may all of our relations No peace and happiness in their hearts. May their bodies be healthy and strong. with ease bringing our attention to our heart centers and connecting that wish for happiness that we each have to all other beings who also have the same wish for happiness. Just as I wish to be happy, may all beings everywhere be happy. Just as I wish to be peaceful, may all beings everywhere be peaceful. Just as I wish to be free, may all beings everywhere be free.